Into the Nexus is a production of AMove.TV. Bookmark AMove TV for other great video games and esports podcasts. Into the Nexus is sponsored by listeners like you via patreon.com slash ITN. And welcome back, everyone, to Into the Nexus, the podcast all about heroes of the storm. Hi, I'm Garrett Weinzerl, here as always with Kyle Ferguson, who is dancing his heart off. Do you dance your heart? Do you dance your pants? Dance your feet off? Dance your pants off? Dancing your heart off makes no sense. Depends on the day. Depends on the day. <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm doing, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Are you still decoding nice... snowflakes? Are you still there with the, the forensic files open? You're, oh. you're looking at individual snowflakes going, where are you from? Yes, enhance and all that. And, and then got my minority report gloves on, which enhance. I'm still waiting for. Yeah. There is Love nothing that triggers a graphic designer that spends a lot of time with raster art and Photoshop more than saying enhance. Mm, well, you know, assets and whatnot. The data does not exist. I had a big, big week of Heroes of the Storm. Uh, Monday nights right now for me are NGS practice for the upcoming season with my team over there looking forward to joining whatever division we place into. Uh, Wednesday nights are CCL, which sadly we're knocked out of, but got to, I'm, I'm, I'm solo lane versus Grandmaster number one in North America. If you don't learn something from that exchange, you are, you are not a functioning person. Uh, or you're me and you're just in a blind rage. <laughs> that could be. <laughs> not that I be. not that I was in the same landing experience as you are, but but you know, I, I, I could see myself going to such a blind rage uh that I don't learn anything. And I'm just focused on the blood in my eyes. I mean, for honestly, the first thing I think of is I think it was Civ five. Which, which just had the best voiceover ever. Um, I, I forget. He was in Troy, maybe? I'm not sure who the actor was. It wasn't, um, it wasn't uh, Spock anymore. But there, you upgraded archery, and it played a quote, and it said, the haft of the arrow has been feathered with one of the eagle's own plumes. We often give our enemies the means of our own destruction. And I, I love that quote so much, because what you're picturing is someone not learning is that an arrow flies through the air, hits their companion, they're down, and they go, how could this have happened? And then they move on with their lives. <laughs> like, the, this machine, something over there fired a stick at you at a very long range, and you have zero questions about it? You're not going to pick up that stick and, and like be like, what? Why, why would they put feathers on the end of this stick? That's bizarre. Why is it pointy? Of course you're going to ask why it's pointy, how it was made. Th therein lies the issue with being able to slam games, right? Because you're just you become numb to the individual happenings of a of a game, right? If you just if you just sit there all day and play Heroes of the Storm, you're not going to ask those questions because you've seen a billion arrows over the minutes. And you're just like, yeah, it's an arrow, whatever. You don't stop, and but sometimes you should. You should be like, wait, there's different feathers on this one. What changed? That that's actually a great point. Uh, sometimes the the stick is 
is is it's wiggly sometimes it's not a stick at all it's a ball like even the same heroes game to game in storm league solo queue you're just not going to learn these heavy-handed lessons you do fighting the same person over and over again and when it's such a refined style like grandmaster number one that is just it's information applied directly to your bruised face and (laughs) yeah it is it is so enlightening. I've really been enjoying that, and it's really upgraded my play, particularly on Urel, someone who is all about very interesting choices and how to combo various abilities together. This week, I also, because of NGS, would need more solo laners, have more maps, and I'm fighting, I'm going to fight people in my own league. So it's not just about me having to spam Urel games to take it away from an enemy person who's Grandmaster number one. I'm going to have to actually, and get the chance to draft and think about what I get to do. I learned rag this week. Oh, I, you know, I was about to say, Kyle, I can tell, I can tell now when, when you're doing a video, I can tell what you're doing, or I at least know very quickly what the options of the video, uh, what the options of the subject of your next video are, because you tweet something like, man, that Varian rag trailer is still really good. And I go, well, he's either doing a Varian video or a Ragnaros video. You're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong yeah this next week's going to be a learn to play rag because for me i had I, i've been on that journey of discovery with my solo lane in particular i've had to ask myself the boring question which feels great when you figure it out but it is a boring question how do i clean clean this lane up most efficiently oh how i thought you were I, asking yourself how can i make this game go on three times longer than it should that is very true and uh in that very video I'll, i showcase a 33 minute win that i pulled off but I want everyone out there to ask themselves if they're clearing their lanes efficiently or if they have a stacking quest, if they are properly prepping their lane for that stack, because it's such a dumb thing to do on paper to get on there and rag and be like meatball on the archers and it rolls to the front line and then two for you. That's nice. Okay. Two for you. Okay. That's real good. How about two for you, Mr. Archer? All right. Is everyone ready? Everyone ready to stack? Uh, yeah, okay, here we go, Q. It's dumb. <laughs> but it, it, it's how you get stacks. It's how you complete that level one quest and actually become an efficient member of Storm League society. Mm. I, uh, I've i been having... Um, I, I, I don't know. I feel like I've already talked enough crap about Ragnos, but I've been having fun this week, Kyle, because I've been working on Orphea again. Oh, nice. See, yeah, we, we've been exploring. Yeah, yeah. So I really feel like my leaming is dialed in just in time for her to kind of fall out of favor. Uh, however, I am still seeing bans for her. Uh, so really, at the end of the day, uh, I have kind of come to the realization <laughs> that Orphea is just a significantly higher win rate leaming. Like, do you like yeah. it? Do you like feeling terrible when you miss things and feeling like a god when you hit them and do you like being an aggressive like melee range mage well you might be thinking Li Ming but you should also be considering Orphea I'm 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 smitten I am smitten Kyle that's a great hero to be smitten with I think that could easily take you on to Gul'dan because of sort of the more frontline-y play rather than the Li Ming. It'll make you a better Li Ming. It'll make you a better Calamity as well, knowing other mages. But Orphea is just climbing right now. And I think in terms of like bronze, silver people out there who are looking to escape, Orphea Eternal Feast is so damn easy to use. No wonder it's number one, if we were doing like a carpet sale or something. It's just, it's a great spell. 
And using it on cooldown is always going to at least limit an area that the enemy can interact with, give you some sort of combo that you can build with a solo league, storm league environment where they'll go, oh, I did a stun and you eternal feasted. Let's do that three times more and win the game. It's pretty gnarly, man. I've I've actually been, uh, for the first time, um, like in the last two days, picking Crushing Jaws. Uh, I, I was I was sticking with Eternal Feast for the longest time, and finally I just found myself, I can't even remember what, what made me think of it. There was, I don't know, there was some kind of fleety, jumping around, opposing composition that I was staring down going, they're not going to stand still long enough to give value out of Eternal Feast. So let me, let me go for Crushing Jaws, because I've been, I've been really focusing on Orphea in like the last week and a half, trying to, trying to get her pegged down, trying to really figure out this hero. And, 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 and I want to get to the point where I, I feel comfortable drafting Orphea. Um, and so I've really been looking at stats and looking at builds and eternal feast and crushing jaws. It's like some of the best pick diversity I've seen in a while. It's damn near right down the middle on how often these two heroics are picked. So, um, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. That being said, I got into multiple games. And in fact, we just got out of one of those games this week with just amazing ETCs. And it's like a hero's vacation being an Orphea <laughs> with an ETC that knows what they're doing. It's so lovely. I think the really cool thing about Orphea over just about every other mage I can think of, except for mid to late, Mephisto. Orphea teaches you to auto attack because you have to. It's about survivability. It's about damage. And we all know there's that hidden part on your kit that deals bonus damage for free. Does it cost you mana? And I feel like that's why. Just right now, number one hero to escape from any league you want is Orphea. Yeah, yeah. And 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 that's the kind it was kind of opposite for me because I've already been a mage that auto attacks but i like the classics i'm like a jaina kalthos player used to love Li ming recently fell back in love with Li ming but whatever the case is i was already those mages that land auto attacks i love taking the enchantment on kalthos makes me so stoked i love it absolutely love it one of my favorite things to do in this game and so i ended up on orphea and i was like why haven't i been playing this here it just it, it it rewards you for auto attacking as a mage it's wonderful I still think Mephisto is incredible. He's just much harder to play. God, I hate him. I hate him so much. I hate playing him oh. and I hate playing against them. I, I, I know one particular player in Stormling that I fight a lot. And he is, they, whoever they are, I, I hate you, Mikey. I hate you, Mikey. You're amazing. You're never on my team. Be on my team, Mikey. Sounds like it might be your nemesis. Yeah, no, definitely my new Megatron. Mm. And I say that because they're the nemesis that I want to have on my team for when there's bigger bads in the world. Vegeta. Yeah, Vegeta's a good example. Right. Great example. Except at a certain point, he just joins the team. Yeah, exactly. Or uh, could be a kind of a Bucky situation. Maybe he's mind controlled. And yeah, like brainwashed against their will. Uh, Are you saying, wait, hold on. Is the Q system brainwashing us into fighting our friends? Well, you could if we don't queue together. Good to know. I'm still waiting yeah. on my metal arm. That's all I took away from that. And metal arms are sweet, man. Metal arms are awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I'm I'm glad. I'm glad we're both uh, we're both branching out. Um, I just I just want to play more Orphea. 
Yeah, I just want to have more options. And I'm learning about like Rag's huge amount of immobility. Uh, I've got some really good sulfur smashes this week. I'm very proud of my work into that rather than just spamming lava wave because it's not necessarily needed in diamond all the time. I still think Sky Templar, these maps where you're just prolonged away from certain lanes can really give a lot with Lava Wave. But I also got into, I've talked about Mouthy a little bit on previous shows, but continue to work on him. Sonia still is at the very end of that list, along with the Haka. Mm, I was gonna, ah, now I remember, I had a question for you. Uh, because, finally drafting again. I worked up the courage. And uh, my Sonia is still very dialed in, even though I haven't been practicing her. And I ended up in lane yesterday against a Urel. Kyle, mm-hmm. what do I do? <laughs> uh, um, uh, who are you? I was Sonia. Okay. Well, you could feel free to talk generally. You you know, I'm, if I'm solo laning, I'm probably on one of two heroes. It's probably either so, uh, Sonia or Rexar. I, the Sonia matchup is kind of lame for you because you basically have to hit your spear and interrupt my jump. Which does take away my cooldown. Mm. So, uh, what is likely to happen is Urel does the little dance. I'm charging. I'm gonna jump on the lane for lane clear, and they do it wherever they want. Maybe in a bush. Maybe out of lane. Maybe in. But for this example, we'll say those are the two options. And you hit them with a spear, and you interrupt, and you take away that jump. Then they'll probably go, oh, D, heal, Q, and just get a little heal back. Maybe maybe knock you back, but usually your Sonya spin is on them, and knocking you back that late into a spin isn't really going to do too much. Yeah. yeah. So then they'll say, oh, that spear interrupt really, really hurt. I'm going to now charge inside the lane so your spear can't hit me. And from there, hopefully you get up to level four, and maybe maybe you're doing some hurricane. Maybe you start slamming more aggressively. You You try to get aggressive back and your your building damage will be higher than theirs your lane clear will probably be about equal mm. all right gotcha so i i basically just kind of resorted to doing my best job to freeze the lane and just put like beating Yarel out of my mind because it was just coming up even and when i got too aggressive i would come up short on health and have to hit a well or something yeah yeah the the cool thing about Urel in that matchup is I can switch over to instant W's for my Righteous Hammer to interrupt your spin. It doesn't feel good. on. It feels bad for you to get your spin interrupted. On my end, your cooldown feels really, really short and doesn't cost anything. I know on your end, it's like 40 Fury. So it actually, it, it, it's a, that's a really interesting matchup. And you could say it's a skill matchup to a degree because both sides hate each other's seemingly free abilities even though both sides are going, oh, how dare you? Oh, how dare you? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. That, that was just kind of, it's it's like the it was the most, it's the most annoying solo lane experience I've had since that one Chen game. And you remember the one I'm talking <laughs> about. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just like, God, it's like, I guess I'm just used to kind of being able to win and bully. And, and this was much more equal. So. Well, if you want to have that experience a plethora of them, I suggest you join some sort of five-stack team that practices regularly and just fight people who are ridiculously out of your league because then you know when people aren't in your league. Like, And you can even read it to the point or to the point where you get in the solo lane and they're standing past the halfway mark at the start of the game. Like that alone could tell you, 
they're confident. I need to watch out. Mm. And just a simple, like that first Miss Spear by your Sonya could completely change how I'm going to interact with you in the solo lane. Ah, uh, good to know. Because I'm like, oh, you suck. And then start jumping, <laughs> start doing your real business. <laughs> well, good to know. I, I, you just reminded me of it. It wasn't even something I was, I was like, I want to ask Kyle about your real. So I figured I should go to the, the, the Kyle school of countering your real. Yeah, I think I, uh, I do have a video up on Heroes Hearth about basic URL and basic level one matchups. And there's quite a few skill matchups to just come down to whoever's playing the best. I think the most, the most easy one to do would be Malthiel in my book. Because the counterplay for URL is don't let him touch you. Because the mark does so much damage because your health percent is so high. Ah, okay, rad. Okay, I like that. I've, I've, I'm not as worried about uh, Rexar if I find myself in that situation because really for me it was just annoying that you know get close enough to get some XP and getting knocked back and having to walk back and losing health that came with that. Uh, whereas if that happens to my bear, I don't really care. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting situation for Sonya. I still think she's amazing. I think that her movement speed trait is great for doing siege damage, getting out of range real quick. Uh, something I, actually for all Sonyas out there, something I think we all need to think about is these little corners that exist around the forts right now. Uh, picture bottom lane cursed hollow right, and you're the mind. aggressor. Okay. There is a corner behind the little mini wall that you can go stand in while still being in an aggressive position rather than bailing full backwards. And because your whole team is bailing full backwards and, and juggling in and out of tower range there, they're often staying together, meaning group shots are going to hit, maybe Kael'thas, you know, flames that deal more damage at level 7, or even things that bring people together, like Kael'thasad. Like, oh, you're encouraging that sort of damage to splash across your whole team, increase the per point of mana damage value. But if you can go into that little corner, you, be- you break uh, sight on the tower, and you can drop that whole aggro you have, while still staying in an aggressive position. Uh, so you don't have to do that, like, maximum distance back from the tower to break the chain. You can still exactly. stay on the aggressive side of the wall. Right, because it's a circle. So the circle that you're escaping from goes deeper into the lane than, say, going into one of those little alcoves around it. And there's multiple ones on Cursed Hollow alone, either top and bottom, or even just push past the fort. I think that the most difficult thing that my team captain Moon had teaching my group that we could never get down was, well, one, running towards your tank which is kind of funny because as a world of warcraft player everyone knows to run towards the tank or run towards the healer so we'd often get split by a backline dive from Mm -hmm. mr grandmaster number one but two it's that if we all just advance forward we can kill the whole team and then deal with the problem so let's say you're on let's say you're on uh towers of doom and you're pushing into that bottom forward as often happens it is more dangerous when you realize your fight's going poorly down there to walk past the three-fourths mark, past that fort, walk all the way past half, past one-fourth, and back into your own lane to safety on your half of the map. That's way more dangerous than saying, let's just escape up through around the top where the sapper camp is and just push through one-fourth of terrain that we have left in that tower range. All good tips. But how do you, that teaching that, it, like, I, uh, honestly, I, I've got one more thing that's really kind of come to mind recently. When I'm on uh, Dauntless URL, I have 50 physical armor, and the tower hits me, 
and the game goes, oh, minus 10. I'm like, what? Minus 10 what? My number still says 40, but the minus 10 is spell damage. But my brain sees a red symbol and my brain goes, oh, my God, something bad has happened to me. I need to go. But I'm still sitting on 40 physical armor. It's just informing me that the minus part is in particular of my spell armor. That doesn't matter in this instance because the building's only doing physical armor. But I'm being tricked by the game. Mm. So you need to understand that so you don't panic. Exactly. Fair. Oh, cool, man. Well, we've got some stuff to talk about. It is a quieter week, if you can't tell. That's why we're uh, having our, our personal catch-up at the top of the show. Uh, before we get well, into the I news. Mean, what do you mean? I mean we're, we're kind of set, I think, to be completely just wrong and changed tomorrow, so I don't want to spend too much time taking guesses as to what's coming up. <laughs> well, we're still going to take some guesses, Kyle. All right. All it's right. going to happen. But before we get to any of that, let's thank our uh, patrons over at patreon.com slash itn for supporting this here podcast if you like the show you want to support kyle and myself as well as the guests that we bring on the show because we do pay them for their time you can check out the patreon you also get access to the discord you'll be able to sign up for our monthly uh patron games where we get together on thursday evenings and play some games of here's the storm together and uh to some of our more recent patrons thank you to uh fo double x fox hamunam hamunam Phenomenon. <laughs> do, 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 do. Uh, thank you very much. And Justin, no last name given. No last names for anyone this week. But thank you very much for the support, everybody. We really appreciate it. Patreon.com slash ITN if you want to support the show. Uh, and now, Kyle, let's move into it. This week's Heroes of the Storm news. We're on, boys. <laughs> let's liven up this place. The moment is upon us. Yes, I'd mana tap that. Well, Kyle, we are once again in the position of looking at the perception of Heroes of the Storm outside of the regular Heroes of the Storm community. We got a, we People got a, are talking about it. We got a Blizzard Watch article this week. Yeah, a number of, other, a number of others like bouncing around Destructoid and whatnot. Uh, of course, we can expect a lot of articles when whatever's going on happens. But everyone's a little curious about the snow. And the number one guess seems to still be may you didn't say it right may may, may is may no you still didn't say it right what what i say what, it's what's gonna wrong? be may oh okay it's i would have been better if it was because i want to say my 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 ev right mm, yep it's me it's me the inner it's the inner warcraft 3 nerd yeah that's what's yeah. happening with you uh, it would have been better if this made it, if if the, at least this tease had made it into the month of May. It was so close, Kyle. It was so close. But. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if things got a little delayed in the world after all. But there are other theories bouncing around. Uh, people are maybe thinking uh, Frost Lord Ragnaros. That'd be fun. Cindergosa has been on a, on a lot of people's lips. There's a uh, bail. He could happen. I, I I don't know. It's really interesting today because people found out there are three videos sitting on the Heroes YouTube channel. And unposted private videos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, videos. Oh, I missed this. They're going to be coming out. There's there's, there's things happening. I missed this. We haven't had a trailer in a long time. Uh, we, we have spotlights. We talk about what the hero can do, but a trailer trailer, that's kind of interesting. 
and makes it seem like it might be a bigger deal. Now, of course, May could just be a big deal because we're bringing in Overwatch people. People believe it's the devil incarnate and they hate that character in Overwatch. So everyone's going to be really excited to trial the hero on Heroes of the Storm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, as we mentioned last week, Overwatch heroes drive players in this game. Yeah, but three videos is really interesting. And that puts my mind towards maybe a map rework in addition to this. We've got two weeks left in the season, according oh, to the Storm League up. list. Hey, Snow, Volskaya. I don't know why Volskaya needs reworked. I think it's fine, but it's a snowy map. We could we could just be farting off in the wrong direction here. Kyle, the, the snow map is definitely more Alterac Valley than it is Volskaya. That's fair. That's fair. Don't the, both are snowy though. Both are snowy, but Volskaya is definitely more metal than snow. That's true. Yes, the workers, if you look at them, they are very, very, very cold in Volskaya. But Alterac Valley is snow ground texture. That's a good point. I don't know what that would mean. Alterac would be really weird to rework. There's certainly maps in need of greater reworks that we've talked about before. Chat room is also already kind of getting to what where my brain's going. If there are that many videos, Corny brings up, if it is May, there's got to be a crossover event. Yes, yes. And they very recently answered some questions on the topic of crossover events and didn't just say no, which they're not afraid to do. They're usually pretty straight with us when something is just not a snowball's chance in hell. <laughs> nice. Yeah, if it's not in the cards, they don't want to get our hopes up. And certainly the the video game community in general has started to realize the trouble with things like roadmaps. And I completely agree. Tell the Hearthstone that just put out their first one this year. Well, I mean, they're, they're, they're chugging along and they have a very popular game mode right now. I'm loving it over there because everyone's trying pirate and I'm, I'm winning all the time because everyone is new at yes, things they don't also, understand. Also pirates, uh, you have to have a pretty specific comp, I think, to actually have hopes of getting first place. They are a little mid power in my opinion. Yeah. And that's great for me because I usually suffer in the mid game, but then can win late. Well, there that's, you go. that's my sweet strategy. There you Lull go. them in. Hope everyone enjoyed Into the Battlegrounds with Garrett. Into now. the Battle. Just a little taste, a little taste, little little midnight taste. I think you can win this one, Kyle. Oh, well, I agree with you that he should be able to be silenced. I'm, I'm oh, screw over. that. I love Bob. I just, he just needs what? more. I, he just needs more voice lines. Oh, he just needs more lines. The, the one that really bothers me, really gets me, is he. There's one where he says half the line sometimes, and then other times he says a full line, and it really irks me. Now I'm going to be listening for it, but I can't think of it yeah. off the top of my head. No, I can't either. Maybe Chat can help me. But <laughs> at any rate, three videos, really suspicious. One could be a full trailer. One could be a spotlight. And then one could be a map rework, or it could be a Overwatch tie-in event, then the spotlight, then the map. You know, there, there's clearly something else going on here. And two weeks left in the season suggests that we might be ready for something new. I do yeah. not think that it, one of them is an anomaly video. That seems too soon, and we're still cleaning up this last anomaly. But, but again, I'm really, really pleased. I think that 20 armor feels great etc five armor left just a lot of our armor abilities are sitting on extra armor or breaking even with that tower and it's fine yeah i'm happy with it i i've made some i've been party to some really aggressive dives 
on on forts and keeps this week, and I have also been the re- on the receiving end of some rather aggressive dives onto forts and keeps this week, and it seems to work. I feel like you still need to keep you need it still need to be mindful of it. You can't just dive with reckless abandon. But now, if you see an opening, it it is the, arguable that there is enough of an opening uh, to actually get something done. I, I've been I've been really happy with it. So. Yeah. Um. But I was also pretty happy with it before. I thought it was neat and I liked how dangerous the, the, the forts were. So um, whatever the case is, I, I'm I'm pleased with the uh, with the update. Um, so on, on this, uh, there was the Blizzard Watch article. You mentioned the Destructoid article as well, which which brought to my attention the the same snowflake theory. Which uh, did show up on the subreddit. I apparently missed it though, but this was uh, via Redditor uh, Fibermouse, spelt all elite like with a one for an I and a five for an S, uh, but found an image in a YouTube discussion that compares like Snowflake to Snowflake from the snowflakes that are in Heroes of the Storm right now to Snowflake graphics used in Overwatch. And there are multiple snowflakes that are like one for one matching. So, may confirm. It could. Yeah, yeah, it could be. It could be. It, these are, I mean, these are snowflakes in your, you know, in your daycare center. Like, I, they're, they're snowflakes. I, I don't know how deep to take this. If it was the snowflake from her hair dearly, then 100%, let's call it done. But they're snowflakes. This is what a snowflake looks like. Yeah, but the patterns are pretty specific, Kyle. But are, are you saying, are you going to walk in to every Christmas kid cutting up a folded piece of paper and be like, you a big Overwatch fan? Me too. No, I'm going to get out the red yarn and scare the kids. <laughs> if we look at exhibit A, this snowflake has diagonal <laughs> hexagonal patterns repeating in a clockwise form this way. And exhibit B, the exact same pattern on the Heroes of the Storm snowflake. That's what I'm going to do, man. I'm going Charlie Day. I'm going to make this face. Today we're great. learning about pers- precipitation and the watershed. Everyone, please open Overwatch in the Battle.net launcher. <laughs> Class, if everyone would please click on the May tab. <sighs> yeah, but uh, it's pretty convincing. Uh, yeah, they could be reusing assets, but that seems pretty specific. I'm really, I'm really into my own idea about her being a tank. If she is an assassin, I will be, I will be disappointed. Not because I feel like the tank system's broken or, you know, well, it's don't fine. Worry, I'm learning. They're going to make her support because that doesn't mean healer anymore. Uh, that'd be, that'd be weird. I mean, there is, there is an opening for a shield person, but, and ice shields aren't insane, but it'd just be weird. It'd be weird after Kel'Thuzad too, because he didn't have any shields for friends or armor buffs for friends. Should he though? He's Kel'Thuzad. Well, I mean, if we're talking, you know, part of the primary World of War or Warcraft 3 kit, there was the frost armor that he gave out around to his friends. I mean, if Warcraft 3 forces taught us anything, it's that don't worry about Warcraft 3. Yeah, probably. (laughs) I'm being a jerk. Um, Yeah, certainly seems likely. Um, It is worth uh, the Blizzard Watch article reminded me of this, that there were Lady Vosh referencing voice lines that were data mined when Kira was added. Not lines of Lady Vosh, but voice lines referencing the existence of Lady Vosh. So not that that's necessarily a snowflake thing. You need water for snow, but whatever the case is, that was something that was 
hinted at via data mining early this year or well earlier last year that'd be cool i mean it yeah the snow thing is very is very particular it seems so it seems like we're going to find out tomorrow given how these are ready to go on the youtube it would match our sort of week cycle two weeks one week of ptr bam we're there i think it's coming very very soon i'm excited kyle I'm excited. It's good. I Let's talk about that for a moment, though. I have a feeling that we, as a community, weren't as excited about Tassadar as we should have been. We have been very eager to get a new hero, and Tassadar took a lot of work and a lot of thought, a lot of assets. The, the Blizzard Watch article made me think of this because it was talking about how it's been a very quiet year for Heroes of the Storm, and I'm like, Wait, what? What do you mean it's been a right. quiet year? Like, it's been a quiet year for Overwatch? What the hell are they doing over there? Um, it's what I always go back to, uh, just cause I don't, I don't understand. I don't, I do not understand the, the notion that, that heroes is quiet, but I get excited about things like reworks. I get excited just about balance updates. Like you put a little bit more regen on Sonya and I'm stoked as hell. Um, so well, to and me, we've had Zool and we've had Cassia and Tracer and like it, the fact that we're sitting around being like, wow, a slow year. It's kind of absurd, but I'm falling into it too. There is a there is an exploration. There's an excitement about something new. Tassadar didn't supply that, which is really interesting. Is it? Is I'm, I'm, let's let's be really honest, man. Like I'm trying I'm trying my best to take myself out of my own brain. OK, where I'm like Heroes is a really healthy game in terms of how frequently it is updated. I'm impressed. Like it's it's basically on par with Hearthstone, which used to not be good, but Hearthstone's really good right now with how frequently they update things, and we're getting heroes updates almost as frequently. Um, but as the Blizzard Watch article reminded me, from the outside looking in, new heroes are really the big thing that does it. Um, funny enough, we were looking at um, we were looking at uh, website traffic for hot slogs the other day, so. Things have been a little weird with COVID. I won't get, I won't bore you with details, but, but things have, have uh, dropped off a little bit um, because of, of the pandemic, but we were looking and, and it's looking better again. It's kind of on an upward trend and we're like, we're looking at everything since we flipped the lights back on for hot slogs and uh, dude, there is a mountain size spike when the new anomaly came in. It's massive. It, we're, we're, we're looking at, I think, in the ballpark of five times the usual traffic. Wow. In like the week where the anomaly hit the game. Um, I can only imagine what it would have been like if the site was up and running in December when Deathwing dropped. Sure. So big, major events in Heroes of the Storm clearly do have some sort of... <laughs> <laughs> flux, uh, influx of players in the game. It makes a lot of sense. Um, and so I've been thinking a lot about it recently that this article looking at, you know, website traffic and stuff like that. Um, it doesn't matter. I think to the larger, you know, I, I and I don't want to, I don't want to say casual and mean it in a negative way. I'm not saying that, but the more casual kind of fans of this game, it is more important for major big shifting changes to the game. And so on the subject of Tassadar, how many people are real? Do you think Kyle are actually truly that passionate about the character of Tassadar? 
I know it hurts. Well, I know you're passionate. I'm passionate too, but it's like a Stark. That's a Starcraft one character, dude. It's not even a Starcraft two character. Yeah, yeah. He, he and he wasn't particularly interesting compared to something like Phoenix. And Phoenix was very hard to play. Still is. I think that you are right. And I'm actually staring at Google Trends here and seeing that at the time of Tassadar's rework, Deathwing was still searched at four times the rate of Tassadar. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Apparently, Kansas loves Deathwing. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing that. I don't know, man. Uh What, what the heck, Kansas? But I mean, like seriously, like this is not. I don't. We're not tapping into anything here that is like deep and should be surprising. Like if you really think about it, like we are Blizzard fans, Kyle. Who do you think is more exciting, Tacitar or Deathway? And not for you, but for the greater public. You go to a yeah. Blizzard fan, and you're like, I've got a new game or an old game, whatever. New. Do you want to play as Tacitar or Deathwing? I would bet dollars to donuts that like it'd be five to one in favor of Deathwing. Totally. And I think Tassadar as a draftable hero fulfilled a need. And I think that the fact that his Q pierces makes him very unique. And as we go forward and people can move away from being single mage mains and explore different picks, Tassadar can have a very direct pick relation. I, I I will reveal that I, I was a little disappointed. Tassar to me is a control wizard. He's 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 everywhere. He's in other dimensions. He's he's dead. You know, it, I, I would still love a carrier to crash down from space, but I realize that that's a little loud and the graphics would ruin most team fights. It didn't match the fantasy I wanted for Tassadar, though they empowered the storm. And I think that his Q, which again was featured in the Legacy of the Void cinematic, he became a high Templar. I still don't know if that's Tassadar. That was my personal disconnect. Deathwing, however, that was a that was a full hits all cylinders. I'm not going to win the cars. I I was very pleased. He's very dragony. I think that he suffers right now in popularity due to not being OP. The very the very presence of Deathwing is OP, and when he's not OP, he's he doesn't feel like he's worth playing as, as ridiculous and stupid as that is to say. They, they, they should just make him overpowered and uh, take a spin on Cho'Gall. Okay. He's not piloted by two heroes, but you get put on a four player team <laughs> with a deadline. Yeah. Hey, that's actually a very interesting idea, but can you imagine like drafting and you get kicked out of the room because someone picked Deathwing at random? <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, it puts you to the front of the line. They, they, I'm, sure, yeah. I'm sure they would love engineering such an extremely specific uh, thing for the queue uh, just to make Deathwing work. This I mean, is that's off had- the top of my head. Uh, to circle real quick, right back around to your Tassadar thoughts about how it didn't quite hit the control mage fantasy of you. Like, again, I am still very much looking at this entire conversation we're having through the lens of wider, more popular opinions of Heroes of the Storm. And I'm just like, that's all well and good, Kyle, but I don't think anyone gives a crap who's a more, you know, general Heroes of the Storm fan. I don't think it matters to them. I don't think they're wondering. I don't think a lot of them would even have an answer about, hey, what is what is your Tassadar? I don't know. Storms. Okay, well, it's there. Yeah, that's fine. 
Just, what we're saying is that new heroes drive a ridiculous amount of traffic to this game. Absolutely. But it is fascinating that these reworks didn't perform that. And maybe we're seeing something about Overwatch. Look at the maddening requests for D.Va rework to be completed. Like Tassar was like, they said it, it's going to happen. It was like a reminder. It was something on people's, you know, brains. Uh, Cassia Tracer felt like a nice upgrade, an update. but. People are still harping on that diva. I maybe there's just something to Overwatch that makes people want to in Heroes of the Storm at a greater level. I mean, it's the newest, latest, greatest, best in Blizzard in general. Like, mm. it's still a new IP for a company, a studio that doesn't put out new IPs very often. So yeah, it's a little long in the tooth. Yeah, the the current game of Overwatch is quieter than hell as they work on the sequel, which to me looks like it could just be a patch for the game if I'm going to be a little grumpy, but whatever the case is, people love it. Well, Left 4 Dead happened a long time ago. It's all about Deep Rock Galactic now, right now, too. So I'm so glad that uh, I'm so glad that, that John and co finally got through to you. Oh, dude, it's it's great. You caved. It's, you caved. You, Kyle's been talking about this game for a caved. month, everybody. Kyle's just been like, oh, everyone's just talking about Deep Rock Galactic. I'm not going to know. And then now you're finally in. Yeah, finally yeah. well, I wanted to play GTFO, but you don't realize until you're in the cave literally mining that having objectives that keep you that busy while also defending yourself is the thing missing from Left 4 Dead. So it, when I look at Overwatch, I see a flash in the pan. I see something exciting to co-op, but you're going to get bored really quickly without the procedurally generated caves and this other objective that keeps you going back for more. Back to Heroes of the Storm. I'll play GTF with you. Just, just saying, just saying. Uh, back to uh, Heroes of the Storm. It's yeah. on sale right now, um, man. Uh, here's the storm. Look, Tassadar, <laughs> though. Let's let I away from my personal disappointment because I can't. I, I still am disappointed by Kalthazad. Like it, we we have these heroes we're really excited about and they don't match our imaginations. That's fine. Sometimes you get a hero like Yarel who just clicks and is just amazing and you're loving her and it, it. But the fantasy is not. It's not something you saw coming. Tassadar, like crushes, they just happen, you know? Tassadar is a full-blown, huge success because of popularity. We went from 3% of games having a Tassadar in them to 77% of games featuring a Tassadar. Now, now 40% of those are bans, but still, that is a successful rework. I mean, Absolutely. Let's talk about- and if we're talking about, like, this conversation also could very much be, like, the the, the popular, less involved in the day-to-day Heroes of the Storm audience, and then the day-to-day diehards. And there's positives to caring about both, right? So Tassadar, we look at and say, yeah, super successful. But to our friends who just think of Heroes of the Storm as this fun thing they play when new major things happen because they like all of Blizzard, probably not as big of a deal for them. But for the right, day-to-day players, all- for, for people who are logging games every week, Tassadar is a success, a resounding one. That's a good point to make. Uh, and there are a lot of people who show up for maybe that OP window as well and really enjoy themselves in quick match and then move on as balance hits and changes the hero away yeah. from what they meant. Yeah, and I'm also, by the way, again, speaking in pretty broad strokes here, knowing full well that I'm kind of ignoring the really nuanced conversations we've had over the past few weeks about reworks and the negative impact of them on people who like the heroes the way that they are. 
What's really interesting is to compare in Google Trends Deathwing and Heroes of the Storm because that matches up near exact. The the amount of people who Deathwing to Heroes of Storm excitement was there, and then actually let, let me uh, let me try just Diva. I'll, I'll try with the with the period too, but let's see let's see what people think of Diva. Diva is way more popular than Tassar. Interesting. Well, that's a that's a hole for another time, and I feel feel we won't get to it for some time. Well, as this before we move on, get quite busy. what better time for a diva rework than alongside a new Overwatch hero entirely? It could have. That's a great point. I'm sitting here talking about map reworks. That one of those could be a diva rework. It would be perfect. I know we we often uh, you and I talk about just release things when they're ready. Why you got to put a bow on it and make a nice big package? You got a rework, kick it out the door. You got like a one little balance update, do it. You got a new hero, cool. But at the same time, the idea of like a diva rework coming alongside May or someone from Overwatch that would be totally freaking rad. And now you got me all hyped up, man. I totally missed that there were like three private videos hidden on the heroes YouTube. Yeah, I. I think he found well, if it's if it's May Diva, that combo is working. I, I like that combo a lot. We'll probably be wrong tomorrow or they'll tease something else tomorrow, which will make us think we're wrong and then we'll be right. They're tricky over there. I don't trust them. All I know is uh, every time I, I don't think about Diva very often, but anytime it comes up on the show, I'm reminded how much I loved Diva at launch, how much Diva is still one of my favorite player or characters in Overwatch. And uh, I would love, I would love, bring on a Diva rework. I'm all for it. I have no idea what I'd want from it. Oh, I don't either. I just, I, I, you know what I have? I, this is going to be real deep, Kyle. I want it to be good. Yeah, wow, wow man. Wow. That's, that's amazing. You know, I, I really enjoy graphically, like Time Stop from Diablo 3, or the fact that Diva, what's the name of it? Uh, Defense Matrix. Mm-hmm actually absorbed attacks on its bar. I think it'd be too much for here's the storm. It'd probably be a readability issue too, but I would love to see it just negate things midair. We're all about reducing I damage with that ability. Bet. I want to see things disappear in the midair. I mean, they already, there's already collision for certain projectiles. Why not? How would it be? How would removing projectiles that would have continued to travel further and gummed up the works? How would that further be visually messy? It wouldn't. I just think you'd have to go through all the heroes and update them for Diva, which isn't probably doable. Yeah, I don't know. But you think of uh, how Tassadar's wall works. If you think of it in, instead of something that bars passage from player movement, but bars passage from player projectiles. That's kind of cool. And I'm talking like spells, not auto attacks. Well, it's interesting too, because we've heard that the diva rework is going to make her a solo laner who then brings things into the fight. And if it's not like a true solo laner extreme, that could be really interesting. Like rag and Thralar, where you aren't going to win that matchup. You're not really about like the solo lane. In fact, your solo lane performance on most two lane maps is really bad on those heroes, but you're bringing all this power eventually to the team. And I think that'd be a really cool place to diva. I think diva outside of mech. I want baked in torpedo dash. I want to feel like mini Vila a little bit. I think the fact that she can't stutter step is fabulous and that keeps her unique. 
I'd love to spend more time outside of the mech and have a way to play that play style. Pilot Diva is my favorite way to play. Yeah. So I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you quite a bit. The way that Rexar is like a diet Zul'jin with certain talents, I like the idea of really leaning into Pilot Diva being a diet Vala. And she's got 2% popularity right now, so anything to get that number up. Uh, it, it's, it's interesting to think about popularity, though, too. Like, I don't want, I don't want 70% popularity on Valera. Kerrigan is at 4%, and that just blows my mind. Kerrigan's great. Kerrigan's great. She's very draft-dependent. Why are we, what, like, 3% Sergeant Hammer? Really? Like, that... Uh, um, you did you, you can just just imagine me sighing a breath of relief. <laughs> I mean, do you I, remember? Yeah, I do you remember in... the Sergeant Hammond meta? Do you remember that yeah. world? Because I don't want to go back to it. No, I don't want to be. The, I don't want Medivh and Maev and like all the you know uh, Chen Nova in every game. And I'm not helping these numbers either. I'm not playing them. But it seems wild to me at the power they have. With they must fulfill some fantasy out there. Like why why don't people respond to that? Junkrat is amazing. I don't want to play him, but I think his ability to set up and control his own area and control his own movement is fabulous. Like I think a lot of the like, heroes that you're rattling off are on the more difficult side to play. Kerrigan, especially. Um, yeah, Junkrat doesn't do it for me either. Like I love playing Junkrat. Well, I used to love playing Junkrat in Overwatch. I haven't played Overwatch in a while, but used to love playing him. To me, Junkrat was one of the easier players or, or characters to get value with in Overwatch as someone who didn't play a ton. Uh, I find him very difficult to get value with in Heroes of the Storm. It just uh, doesn't click with me. And, and, and a lot of what you just described, these are heroes that don't have a lot of analogous kits with other existing heroes. Like, if, if you've mastered Kerrigan, where are you taking that mastery to if it's not the game for Kerrigan or Kerrigan gets picked or banned which is unlikely but like if it's just not the game right because you also kind of need the comp to support the kerrigan right well melee assassins too they're always going to suffer i i would say that alarak kerrigan have a little bit of i'm going to pull you power together yeah, but, am, but yeah you're absolutely right garbage with alarak i'm i'm decent with kerrigan i can hang on kerrigan i am trash on alarak because his push works nothing like kerrigan's pull it's just funny to me when we think about those particulars where we're like, you know, oh, Haunting Wave, barely survived. Haunting Wave is awesome. Sylvana so broken. And then we have things like Junkrat or Phoenix that have very similar abilities and can do so much more. I mean, granted, we're ignoring the conversation of Black Arrow here. Yeah. I don't know. I, you know, there's so much conversation around one tricks, but I, th- I think they're... There's not enough conversation around people who do want to be flexible for draft. I think there's more of them playing this game than we give credit for. And I think, and and, because I know this is true for me, that's the reason I don't play basically every hero you just rattled off. Mm. Like Phoenix, Junkrat. I do play a little bit of Kerrigan, although last time I drafted Kerrigan, hell if I know. But there's also some bizarre extremes that are really hard to predict. And when we look at lower league versus higher league pick rates it's a very different world like my games are heavily influenced by blinds and and the power of cassia right now because people knew how to play cassia before this because sammy was everywhere in their games so the 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 through line matches we buff cassia she shoots up our highest win rate here at the moment 
And we just left a world where she was being played anyway. That may not be the case if we just didn't go through this whole Sammy meta. I, I, I'm sorry, Kyle. I think I, if you had a point, I think I missed it. Why? Because Cassie's great anyway? No, I just, I'm not sure how we got there from hard to play heroes. Oh, you just missed my point. Yeah, I get you. I get you. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that's, 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 that's fair. So have you been playing a lot of Cassie or are you just seeing a lot of Cassie in your games? I've been playing quite a bit of Cassia. I think that she can, I mean, granted, like, like I said, a lot of this is brought out because there's Sammy on the enemy side. That is why I am taking Cassia over something, something else. She doesn't bring a CC outside of that blind. I've been going Valkyrie a lot of the time to isolate things like Rainer. You know, there's a uh, Zul'jin. There's these extremes that Cassia really has a draftability place for. If we look at just general win rate, though, right now, I should be spamming Cassia games because she appears to be overpowered. We're looking at a 57% win rate above Orphea, above Zul, above Bloodlust Rhaegar. And you can basically do any build you want with her. It really comes down to the person you talk to. Most people will say auto attack, auto attack is just the best. Everything else sucks. Thunderstroke build is great. People who invest in Fend at 13 are doing great. Everything that you can pick in here, unless you just completely lose your way, is going to be fine. There's the uh, level 16 bug too, right? Yeah, so right that's now, uh, that's actually, well, that's, that's technically a problem for her. Uh, martial Law's percent-based damage is being decreased by armor. So she's actually dealing less damage with her second highest win rate talent on that tier. I mean, we're, when we look at the build, the auto attack build at a full 60% win rate, it's taking this like if they fix that bug, she's going to be even better. Yeah. It, it, it like at that, at level 16, it is tied with static electricity for win rate. They're basically like neck and neck for win rate. And there's actually pretty good pick diversity between the two. Uh, nobody apparently wants to mess with power strike right now. <laughs> But, um, well, yeah, power so strike is a problem, actually. Uh, power strike, so uh, on paper, it's really cool. Lightning pierces, but splits only on heroes. The problem is the entire game up to that point, you've been using a lightning split to clear archers who line up in a concave. So all of a sudden, even though you give this mark and this blind sort of thing, you lose your lane clear on Cassia and you know, oh, oh no, like level 16, you lost lane clear. Like who cares? You should have a hero other than Cassia doing that lane clear, but you can't, uh, you can't split on buildings anymore. So you're not hitting side lanes, back lanes, whatever you can't fend on buildings. So sometimes you get in these really weird situations where there's no heroes around. You're trying to do damage to something, but you can't because you took power strike. It's win rates. Fine, 54%, but it's really hard to use correctly. Mm. While we're just talking about kind of the meta at the moment, uh, chat room is curious if, if you think Zul is still OP. His win rate is still quite good. There, the amount of pressure he puts in lanes is OP in the bruiser category. I, for mana efficiency, like you're not going to try to mage out of that situation. Jaina would be Harthen to deal with all that. 
I think he still brings a lot to a late game team fight with blue build. Poison Nova is more popular, particularly in the lower leagues, which makes sense. In the high leagues, it's all about skeletal mages because Poison Nova is interruptible during that whole part of the explosion, which means he's cut out on his primary damage during his main. Our, our solo laners are, when you think about it, they're getting like, I feel like they're getting sorted as to their place in the game. And I think that's. They said if they said the same thing for Diva, right? That she's going to come back as a solo laner that can bring something to the fight, and that's exactly what they did with Zul. You think about other solo laners, albeit underplayed. Clearly, I'm going to mention it. You know where I'm going. Rexar, another one that holds his own in the solo lane, but brings something to the fight. Well, and and Zul's counter solo lane is so unique because there's a lot of trash all of a sudden. These skeletons that are going to absorb lightning bounces for thrall. If he was trying to get stacks, the stack heroes start having trouble versus him. Sonia is breaking even, but she's also popping all those skeletons on him. As Zul is keeping Sonia so busy, she can't go do Merc camps. And by the time Sonia is free to do Merc camps, Zul can do Merc camps with a blue build. So I still think he... To me, I'm very restrictive on OP. I'm even more restrictive. I, I can't roll my eyes, eyes hard enough. Anytime anyone says something's broken, I'm like, is it 100% one rate? That's not broken. I, that, that phrase drives me nuts. If something's broken, I, I, come Things on. can be broken. They, they can be overtuned, overpowered. Maybe it's just a uh, legacy, you know, growing up. Hi Kyle. Um, I also Smash Bros. Uh, Kyle. I also do a, a Hearthstone show, and we just went through Demon Hunter launch. But but it was actually but, broken. Okay, okay. It's like legitimately, we're talking upwards of eighty percent win rates. I think the the Illidan art looks silly, so I, I didn't even play it. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many thoughts, and I'm not going to get into them. Um, also, I really don't like him in Battlegrounds. I, I that well, good because he's bad. He's just yeah, super seems, low win rate. He's not a good. It seems bad. Not a good like hero. even if I can like rock a death rattle thing, it just. But th- that being said, normally I'm with you. I would say there are times where things literally are. I I would say the closest that in 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 heroes would be launch Deathwing. I think launch Deathwing was a bit broken. Sure. Uh, I, I do wonder how much of Launch Deathwing was tied to, or how much of his balance was tied to Quick Match, because I do feel like he had extremes that were very draftable against. I mean, Cho'Gall's got those too, but Cho'Gall is extremely unique. I don't know. I, I, I do feel like Deathwing has been over-nerfed. I agree. But that maybe maybe that's just, just if talking semantics. Maybe that's my problem. Is over nerf suggests action, under tuned suggests inaction. So when we say something's broken or op, I say they're going to fix it. Let's talk about what's wrong with that situation. So may, maybe I'm just arguing a, a weird part in my head. It's been a long so, time since we've had a conversation about that kind of stuff. So I wanted to pull on that thread a little bit. But yeah, and Zul is definitely forcing people into situations where they're fighting from behind. Uh, I myself have had to do a lot of Johanna this week because of the amount of lane clear we need to recover in this current meta, given many of our popular heroes like Tracer. So I've just been spamming Johanna again. It's interesting. Yeah. 
I don't know. I, I, I like how the meta has shifted over the past like month and a half. It's been interesting. Uh, there was like also- the, and some, and honestly, it probably kicked off with probably the last nerf on Deathwing, which was probably, I think you and I both think is maybe slightly too far, but that's what kind of started freeing up some band spots. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's see what that last one was real quick for Deathwing. Yeah. I don't have a quick way to pull this up. Well, I'm looking at heroespatchnotes.com. I'm on the way. <laughs> Which is a great website for doing some research. So we messed with Cataclysm. We reduced health. I would love to see that. I, I, I think his clunk is very acceptable. I think that is part of the fantasy is the clunk. I think his armor is working great and the way it's removed is fine. We've really done a lot to deal with the talents. You'll never guess what I'm going to say. Give him back his auto attack damage. On the 12th of February, we knocked that down to 155 from 170. And then we continue to knock down other things. Let's get that beefy dragon mouth going again. Listen, that type of stuff is not always that sexy, but there are a few buffs that tend to work out better in the long run than base health or base attack damage. Maybe we can give him his health back. Like we can take away some of that talent power. We've got heroes like this, like Varian, where just there's not a lot of power and talents after a certain point. Garrosh is being accused of this right now quite a bit. And I'd agree with them. I think 13 is a decent power spike with shieldings based on your armor kind of value exchange math situation. But there you just sort of lose your edge after that. Um, to an extent, people are probably thinking, hey, throw two or stun, like, oh my God, like that, that owns an NGS. Yeah, you know, go with me on this. Putting Deathwing's power in his base kit just feels better than putting it on talent because he's a big old dragon. I'm with you. Uh, there was another question in the chat here I found really interesting. And uh, what about Rock Stomper? Just in general, a question to move us on on Cassia. I This is uh, activate to fully charge avoidance and increase the armor value to 60 for four seconds. Losing avoidance removes this bonus. That has the highest win rate at level 20, but of course has a popularity of 4%. This is perfect for things like Pyroblast. I think it's a really cool talent in that one particular situation or a extreme, extreme of heroic dumpage upon you, but Pyroblast is really interesting because you can move during it. Uh, you would not be able to activate Rock Stomper while you're in an ETC mosh. Mm. Fair. Well, um, shall we move this along then and uh, probably wrap the show up with an email that is also our strategy segment? Have we gone that long? Yeah, I guess so. We've had some thoughts, Kyle. We've had some things yeah. to work through. Yeah. 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 So let's get into it. Choose a talent. Choose a talent. Talent? Ah, that seems generous. I have a PhD in PvP. So since this is going to be twofold, send your emails to itncast at gmail.com or if you're a patron, you can write us directly in the patron discord. For our strategy segment this week, Super Sarp wrote in and said, I want to know when you should freeze a lane and when you should try to push the lane into the enemy towers. I like to play solo lane and usually report to the offlane before the enemy solo laner does. When this happens, I usually don't kill the minions so that my minions die and the enemy misses out on the XP. Good work. Conversely, the argument could be made to clear the lane as fast as possible and hope my minions die to the towers before the enemy reports to lane. Sometimes I end up getting zoned out of the next wave of XP when I do this. What factors 
into your decision to freeze or to push. I think Shakespeare put it best when he wrote, to freeze or not to freeze, that is the question. Thanks so much. Keep up the good work. Been a while since we've had a conversation about freezing lanes, Kyle. Yeah. And it's I think it's a very have we talked about it passive. since XP Warps? I don't think so. I mean that, leading up to it, yeah, it's definitely the XP orb conversation was was rich with freezing lanes because we were all afraid that the only way for a hero that wasn't in the proper matchup to do anything would be to sit behind their wall and wait for the enemy to deliver XP orbs to them. And you can still get zoned out, but they increase the range on them. So that sort of went away. And there's even verse some of our more interesting solo lane characters that might really own you and stop you from being able to participate, like Kira, in a bad matchup there. You can still mount up and wiggle enough that you don't succumb to you know the Q-Blade or the things that are going to attach to you and kill you. So sometimes you end up freezing, but you're also mounted, running out there and being like, all right, got it with my butt. You know, we're going to turn back around. Got that one with my butt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like Super Surf has already kind of realized uh, certain things here, which is, oh, hey, when I overpush, I, I can't safely get XP. Um, because the way like freezing used to work before XP orbs was we could hide in a bush and just use the XP radius to just soak XP. We can't do that anymore. We have to show our, our faces at some point to get that experience. Right. Um, but it hasn't changed that much, has it? I mean... You're still like, if you're unfamiliar folks at home, I mean, freezing a lane, you're trying to intentionally make it so that the enemy minions are as close to your towers as you can get them to be without them actually damaging your own towers. So you can safely gather the XP. What is an interesting result of XP globes is we have increased our education, our awareness as to how much XP is there. As we talked about, you know, to level five, an XP lane is worth greater than a hero kill. Mm-hmm. But that also means that we're just not doing a lot of early Merc camps in all leagues. Merc camps are going completely uninteracted with around the first objective. I, of course, remember old days of Sonya pushing the wall saying, I'm good. That's going to burn tower ammo. We're winning the day. I'm going to go take a Merc camp. And that's very rare unless you have that Greymane, that Artanis, that dedicated hero who is circling the map doing them, which is a little more popular in the draft right now thanks to garden of terror being in rotation but still that's it's tough to come by uh what i would say is more popular in a freeze the lane sort of scenario right now is double soaking the merc camps are extremely restrictive for the number of heroes that can do them and if we're talking something like malheal he struggles to do certain merc camps particularly the um the summoner the uh probably got a a, shaman name to it it's a shaman. The shaman. Yeah, the shaman. He's dead. He dies doing it. it. There's you can well trick, you can do he's dead. It, it's it's just something he cannot do in the early game. And so he can go double soak. He makes that choice. Leoric is just too damn slow. Urel is too damn slow. There's also another situation where you freeze, though, and maybe this can help out our our emailer here. It'd be when you're stacking. And it's not so much about the fact that you might be losing the lane or that the enemy is too powerful or too good for you. It's just you need that particular of the one, two for you, one, two for you, Ragnaros style to get your stacks. That the enemy messing with you during that or making you use AQ poorly or absorbing a lightning on your thrall 
is just going to mess up your rhythm. So it's much easier to sit behind your wall or stay safely on your side of the map, grab an XP with your butt, and then unleashing your lightning when it's time. All very good points. Oh, yeah, it's um, it's an interesting thing. I mean, is are, are in your take yourself out of your um your five stack games for a second? Is, is freezing something you think about on the regular in a pickup game where you are solo drafting in Storm League? Thinking about is an interesting way to put it. It is a strategy option for me not doing well. It's what I don't want to do. Okay, to. Oh, we're on the same page because it's something I don't really think about until I start losing lane. Because I'm going to be honest here. It's probably going to, I'm sure someone else is going to get their feathers very ruffled about this. I don't really worry about it. I just, it's, it's, I don't know my opponent. I don't know the quality of my teammates. I'm just going to get in there and see if I can just murder the person I am solo laning against. And if they, I will uh, say that the, 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 the tree of strategies in my head, Thrall and Ragnaros are way higher because of my greater lack of escape particularly on ragnaros and my desire to complete those stacks stacking also means that i'm not paying attention to the minimap as much because i'm counting stacks so i'm way more likely to get ganked in the first place so i stay on my side of the map but as we've talked about here there's nothing wrong with even if we say like that is a lost matchup they drafted amazing we don't know and it's always worth going out there for the very first wave and just having at the enemy. And maybe they don't know Dark Swarm exists on Dahaka. They just don't click it for some reason. <laughs> you never know. Right? You, you don't. Or, or like, you know, middling case scenario, you get a, you get a fountain pop out of them. Right? Yeah. Like, that's all right. That's still a resource spent. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I definitely am like in general, I'm not thinking about freezing that much, but, but basically since the XP orb change, I am not aggressively pushing. Like I, I used to just always aggressively push because it was always on top of maybe I'll kill the person I'm laning against. It always, also in the back of my mind was maybe I can just get a wall. You know, it was, it, to me, it never seemed like it seemed like the chances of extreme payoff were always greater than uh, the risk of, of, of going for it. Um, but now because of XP orbs, I just, I just lane safely. I, I'm not, it, it, it's pretty rare that I'm trying to keep things on my side of the map. Although now that URL is finally trickling down into my league, I think I'm going to be freezing some lanes more often. That's interesting. We, we talked around the, the armor change about how much smaller the lane feels, how much less room we have to wiggle. And in that way, it has encouraged me to double soak in a freezing situation. It's not even freeze. I'm double soaking. But so I guess we're, what we have to do is kind of lay it out on a map. There's a middle part where you double soak, where you say, we, I'm breaking even with this person, but I'm doing it faster. So I'm going to go hit up a second lane and then I'll come back and I'll catch it at the wall. Not really freezing. I'm just wondering if our combined anomalies of towers and XP orbs have caused an issue. What is it about orbs that stopped you from getting that wall on Sonia because I remember that that fervor that desire that destructive rampage you were on in previous incarnations of the game well because if it does go poorly not only did I maybe die or have to back but I'm also not going to be able to safely get that XP because the lane's now too pushed out 
And it is shorter than it was because it was about half a screen mm-hmm. of absorption in the past. So when you slam through a wall or some extreme ability goes flying that far, we're now missing out on XP. But also, you're, you're, I, you probably did catch me in something I didn't realize, which is I, I think the tower change also had a major role to play in this. Yeah. The towers are spooky. And that first week, my God, dude, everyone was dipping a toe in a slam if I was slamming on a mm. tower. It was, I, couldn't, I couldn't do anything if it was Sonya. Obviously, yeah, and even if it was like you know Rexar, yeah, you know, well, actually, I guess I have a lot more control over my bear, so never mind. For bear wasn't really getting fired on all that much, but yeah, um, so but but flip side, so so it sounds like we both tend to lean towards freeze when we are not going to win the lane, right? Okay, when when do you definitely turn it off? When you're like, all right, let's just burn the lane down as fast as we can. At what point do you do that? Because for me, it's like. Am I going to go take a Merc camp? That was absolutely when I would burn the lane down as fast as humanly possible. We already talked about double soaking. Obviously, that's when you would not really worry all that much. You just want to burn it as fast as possible so you can get to the second lane and get the XP. Right. There's also very particular matchups where if you clear their... Artanis is one of these and Chen as well, where you clear their lane faster causing a collapse of your mercs on them, meaning that the matchup is now in your favor, but before, if you engage in the hero, you would never win. So in that way, maybe we can say that Super Sarp's question here has exposed just how dynamic and interesting the solo lane has become. Maybe we've compounded some issues with feeling successful, getting buildings, going on and advancing that into a victory. I it just it's so weird to me that we're not doing Merc camps, but you don't have time right now. That's someone else's job. And that could be the healthier version of the game. But it does it does hurt a little bit. I just I, I remember you in particular, the amount of impact you had on a game in Cursed Hollow in that bottom lane right side where you could push to the wall. Someone show up and you say, fine, peace out. I'm going to go take some Merc camps because I literally can't do anything more here. And then you'll push the XP to me by the time I get back. I, it, I guess it just, I don't know. It doesn't bum me out because I, I, I share your gene a little bit, or maybe I learned this from you. I just get excited about learning new things. I mean, yeah, as you, as you pointed out there, it is, that is more exciting. Oh yeah. I'm going to go do more camps. Woo. Um, also I started playing a lot more Rexar than Sonya and Rexar is actually slower than shit taking mercenary camps. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's another yeah, big thing there. There was a major like of new love in hero that I mained as much as I possibly could manage if we're getting really, really personal here. Um, so more of that had to do with Rexar than I think the changing of the game. Let me attempt to give the most binary answer I can to this for Storm League solo queue. You go out there, you try your best. You see what happens. You see if they're good. Things go a little hairy. You're not sure yet. So you grab your well and you re-engage. After that well is gone and you're still going bad, you freeze. If it goes poorly after the minute mark, you freeze and you leave that well open for your next objective because if you pop it at the one minute 30, you're not going to have it for that cursed hollow fight in the bottom. I have my TLDR if you'd like it. Go for it, yeah. I freeze when things aren't going well. I burn through the lane when I need to report. 
And when I say report, I mean to anything. Mercs, objective, team fight, gank, or a second lane to soak. Yeah, yeah, leave them there. Let them, let them be stranded a little bit. Yep. The real reason I burn, because I burn a lot, is because I'm a cocky bastard, and I just assume I'm better than the person in the solo lane. <laughs> but um, I wouldn't recommend doing that. Try no, it. No, that's See how, what happens. That's but. how you should. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what we're saying, though, is, is believe in yourself until you don't. Yeah. Yep. So... Hopefully that's, uh, that's helpful. Also, um, I found uh, some older freezing the lane videos that I remembered that I think are still pretty damn helpful, even though both of these were before XP orbs. So take anything about hiding in a bush to gain XP, uh, not even the grain of salt, just ignore it because that's not how the game works anymore. But in the general idea about how to freeze, Jhow and Not Paradox both have older freezing lane strategy videos that are right around the same length. I think they're both seven minutes. I've linked to them in the show notes. Jhow's is called Freezing a Lane. What is it? Why it's important? And Not Paradox's is called Freezing Zoning and Dominating the Solo Lane Explained. They're both linked in the show notes. You can find them at move.tv slash ITN whenever the episode is posted. They're always linked at the bottom. It's a Google Docs link. All right, we, we do have a massive mailbag. Could we rapid fire some of these? We, we, the people need answers, Gary. It needs to happen. Darkness, stop calling. Darkness just texted me. It's not the over. It's a hero brawler. ITNcast at gmail.com or drop us questions directly in the patron discord. Ramen Empire says on the content creation side of HOTS, what is missing slash needed right now? And how can we get more players involved in consuming the content? The first thing that comes to mind for me anytime I want content for a game is culminations reports of the best plays of the week in the various tournaments. And as a content creator, I stare down the barrel of that and I go, I'm not doing that. And no one's one's doing it. Do you know how many videos you have to watch? How much editing it takes to get the good shots of a good fight? Mm -hmm. Like, mm, Not if you're not doing it through replay because you won't have a choice. You're just clipping from streams. That could be the which case is the sane way to do it, and that's how I would recommend doing it. Yeah, if people were to go through and like grab Twitch clips that other people had made and put them in a compilation video, mm, that's just a YouTube TikTok collection, right? Like that, people are making Literally that all the time. What some, that's what some of the most popular YouTube channels are. Yeah, that's what they are. Uh, that's what clip clip YouTube's are. Like, uh, so why not? Yeah, uh, if anyone's if I if I am unaware of someone that is doing that for Heroes of the Storm right now, please let me know. But I am not aware of anyone. That is doing it. That's the first thing that comes to mind. There's tons of guides there. It, learning's hard, I think. Uh, also, you're dealing with YouTube algorithms right now, which say that 10 minutes to 15 minutes is your best for ad revenue. But you could make a guide on how to solo a lane clear thingy in 30 seconds, but it's not going to show up to anybody. It won't exist on the internet to that's, people. That's neither here nor there. I, I, you, if you want to get into gaming the algorithm and how long and whatnot to make your video, that's its own thing. But the, this question is clearly about the content. Yes. That Okay, fair. I'm just saying why some things might not exist that seem obvious. Mm. Well, I guess I, I could make a TikTok of how to clearly... <laughs> right. There, there exist platforms for what you just described. YouTube yeah. is not it. There we go. Get Everyone sign up. Get ready. Yeah. Yeah, abso-freaking-lutely. Um, but, yeah, uh, I mean, frankly, this is, like, if you want to go a slightly more widespread comment by me, like, like you you need a niche, whatever it is. So if you're in Heroes of the Storm, there ex- already exists Heroes of the Storm content, 
you're already asking the right question. What is missing? So uh, our gut reaction is obviously esports highlights. Oh, personally, me, uh, if you if you you want me to watch your stuff, uh, esports highlights and translate it into what can I actually take from this to use in my home games? Because back when HTC was going on, I was just annoyed by Reddit. I was just like, oh, this is how Genji should play. I'm like, that's all well and good. The other four players don't know what the hell's going on and it's not going to matter. and It's not going to work out like this. That's a crazy and fascinating, difficult thing about HOTS, though. Like when you are watching a Dota clip, Night Stalker is running all the way from the top lane and the the fight in the bottom with all the low level people just doesn't matter, doesn't matter, doesn't matter while he runs for 10 minutes across the map and then shows up and then the action happens. It's very clear <laughs> when someone arrives on the scene and has an impact. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at I was talking about respect the elderly last week. Like you look at a clip of those fights. Everyone's silence. Everyone's blown. But there's a billion things going on. Heroics going off. Nobody knows what the heck's going on. We had to dig into that replay to figure out that it was a respect the elderly level 20 Deckard pick that won the fight. I love that. That's why I love Heroes of Storm over those other games. That's more interesting, nuanced. And I love the solo queue experience of that. And importantly, there's something to be learned from analyzing a fight after the fact. That's where content can come from. Things that are not already being served up by wherever the content is coming from, wherever the base content is coming from. So uh, best of luck, Ramen Empire. Corny wants to know, what area of HOTS needs more attention? Tutorials? Non-ranked modes? Ranked modes? Hey, Kyle, you know how I was told you earlier I mentioned that uh, we were taking a good look at uh, traffic patterns on HOTS logs? Mm-hmm. We also just like took a look at the general amount of quick match replays or quick, yeah, quick match data versus unranked data versus storm league data. And, uh, again, the only, we're only getting replays to hot slogs from people that are uploading to us. Go to hot slogs. Everybody get that downloader, please. Or that uploader download the uploader is what I meant to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> But all that said, you know, we still get a really good amount of replays that come through. It is kind of insane how few unranked games are played. Would you, can I put this in perspective for you? Sure. We get three times as many brawl replays as unranked. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's great. Brawl is so long and so silly. Yeah. But huh. here we find ourselves. Yeah, um, that's, that's I, I was man. talking to our buddy Doribo. I was talking to him about this last night. We were playing some games. And by the way, Doribo, we need to just get you on the show sometime. Um, and uh, and he was saying that he when he's not in a draft mood, he just goes and plays Brawl. Because the chances for a total shite game of Quick Match are too high. Interesting. If he wants to keep his skills up, just, you know you know, shake off the rust, get moving, use some abilities. He goes and plays brawl because <laughs> he's at the point now where he thinks there's just too high of a chance to get a total BS comp in quick match. Wow. And I kind of oh. feel that that not, but that being said, that's not rec- uh, that is, that is not shown in our stats at all. Quick match is still the number one most played mode as far as we're concerned over on hot slugs. That those are the most replays we get, but, um, it's it's kind of nutty. Like unranked is very underplayed. That, so. that makes a lot of sense. I see a lot, a lot of brawl play in masters players. And when I looked at their accounts and just they always warm up with brawls, maybe 
quick match for me where I, I train something and figure out something. I'm trying to figure out some macro business. I'm trying to see how my lane clear is. I'm trying to see how I can take a Merc camp if possible. For them, they don't need to answer those questions anymore. They just want to make sure they can aim their drain hope for the day. So they're going to get warmed up with no matter what they play. They're going to skill shot. It's fine. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so um, it's an interesting thought. So I, I don't know... I don't know about non-ranked modes. Like maybe Brawl needs more love, but as as uh, uh, Ten Skill is, or no, The Wake is pointing out that Blizz did make a statement in the past that brawls are they take a lot of time whenever balances happen to actually go and make sure that the brawls are working correctly. Um, but if there's a decent amount of players there, which it uh, at least with the limited replays that are uploaded to us, it would appear that there are a decent amount there, but. Um, I don't know. I personally, my own bias is going to come out of this. I don't play brawls. I can't remember the last time I played a brawl. I think it's been over two years. It is not a mode I am interested in. So I will say that most games have rather poor replay features, and I don't think Heroes is at the bottom of the barrel. But the amount of clunk to see a particular fight, even if you know the minute mark there. Uh, right now, there is a issue where if you use the rewind, the, you hit B, you go back about 15 seconds, you'll despawn all the terrain. So you have to refresh that refresh. And that is very trying when you're trying to learn something very particular. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I really like the attention we're currently getting, which is very community forward, I feel like. I like that the team is being very open with what's going on with the game and very, I feel very truthful about their capabilities and how quickly sure. they can turn things around. Um, I feel like they've been really frank with us. If something is difficult and it's going to take a lot of time to happen to mess with in the game. Um, and so like my, my mind always wanders back to quick match because it is the most played mode. And yet we do have these disparities in compositions still. And I don't want to go back to what we already tried, which was like forcing a healer into the tank on every single comp. The, Wait time's got to be too long. We tried that already. But maybe we need to take another look at how these heroes are classified because it's just not the same getting another quote-unquote support hero and the enemy team has Abathur. It's, mm. it's still, it's like, there's still, there's still like the Abathur issue. That's just like the first example that pops in my mind for why a game of quick match can feel extremely punishing. And then just extrapolate out from that every ridiculous comp you've ever stared down the barrel of while you're sitting there with the, with your seventh twin blades variant of the day, wondering what the hell is happening in this game. Um, right. Or even the fact that you got, and I'm not even talking about healing style. You got an Uther and now you have too many melees where even simply a range support would have eked you out a better game. That, that, that's really interesting, and particularly compared to what you just brought up about Brawl, that it seems that the frustration of a bad team in Quick Match is causing people to go to Brawl, where they can at least control some of that, or at least have a good time in the wackiness of it. Mm -hmm. We're not translating Quick Match players to unranked to ranked. That's what we thought was going to happen, but instead we're taking them to Brawl. I mean, weird. It, this is all anecdotal. Like, we don't know. Sure. Sure. No, no. We. Have, I'm literally. I'm talking about one conversation I had with our friend. Like, <laughs> but um, it, it like quick match is always in my mind, uh, because it is so damn popular still, and so like, I don't know. I guess where I was going with that is like, I do not know how much work this would be. I would imagine it would be quite difficult, but I'm 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 
and I'm, maybe they're already looking at it. Maybe they're already trying to do things like this behind the curtains. Who knows? But it would be really interesting if they looked at like hero versus hero win rates. Like how does, you know, Lee Ming do into Abathur's in quick match and can something be drawn out of that that is actionable on the matchmaker to try mm. like, let's get away from trying to make a composition that is that a recollect like a, is a reflection of draft. We tried it. It didn't work. Quick match is already popular without it. So why are we even chasing that? Let's lean in to the fact that comps are not perfect, but let's still try and balance it. So what you're saying, that's really interesting. What if they made quick match not balanced on your MMR, but the win rates of the hero? You don't put Orphea and Tracer on, well, Orphea Cassia now, Orphea Cassia on the same team. You split that. Ideally, you factor in both, but how? Right, right, right. And, I, and I'm not saying, and I'm not saying that's the only thing they should look at. I'm just saying I'm wondering if that is a possibility. I would love to hear how difficult that is, um, mm. and and if it could be an additional thing that the matchmaker looks looks at. If it is, al- if not already, um, but if it is already, boy, I have some, I have some grievances. <laughs> of course, it would lead to all sorts of no interesting problems. Like I'm a blaze man, a quick match, and all I ever fight is stitches and garage. I'm sick. I want to fight an ETC once in a while. If we factored in win rates of tanks, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of moving parts here, obviously. And and chat room's already like maybe they also bring the players of into this, which they could, and I'm, I think they should. I'm, I'm yeah. not saying this should be the only thing, but it it's the been it's like been the number one thing I've been thinking about because I want to go to quick match and I want that's where I want to shake off the dust. The the queues in unranked are actually a little on the long side. This is just not that many players playing, um, and also sometimes I don't want to sit through a draft, you know. But quick match, I I really do feel like. Uh, Maybe, let's do let's say seven out of ten quick matches i really do feel i'm not learning much slash join a move tv get a five stack for your quick match still gonna get matched another against another five stack. I know, so, yeah absolutely and i think we've found something really interesting of course it's all like these are all space points this is all like wild magic it's one thing for a video game to work and be like oh yeah well you know 10 people play together you made a video game of course it works i look at the replay replay feature with five people sitting in one replay and go this is just pure wizardry i don't even know what you can't rewind or fast forward fast enough what are you complaining about it it's literally magic but it's corny question like this is pretty like you have a magic wand yeah what's on your mind so that's I'm not, what's on I'm, my mind. I'm not interested in tutorials. I don't think, I think the game changes too fast. Yeah, they were dumb in StarCraft. Remember how quickly they were out of date in StarCraft when they added those challenge yeah. maps? Like it, it's, they it's, were cool. They were cool like for a month and then yeah. <laughs> like a balance patch hit and it's like, oh, this isn't how anything works anymore. Uh, yeah, I, I, I say tutorials like, bear, like remove any of them. Just there are no more tutorials anymore. Go play against AI. Learn it. And it'd be cool to have like, you know, the community person putting the videos and the thing and like, a, would you like to learn? Here's a link to YouTube sort of it. That is a full time job. And it's a, it's a job that'd be really interesting. Hey, um, maybe you should uh, consider contractors. I, I know some guys that would be interesting curating that content. Mm. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, there's a lot of places your brains can go, but you're right. I'm with you 100% on tutorials fall out of date too quickly. Especially now that we have anomalies, like yeah, the next anomaly is going to hit, and who knows how it's going to change things. And I don't want to, I don't want to lose anomalies for to for the sanctity of a tutorial. Definitely, like to hell with that. 
I want meaningful changes <laughs> to the game. So. There's like, look out for minus armor on building. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Ah, <laughs> uh, geez. Uh, Access wants to know, why do you think, or sorry, who do you think is the most slept on hero in the game right now? I wish I had read this question ahead of time. <laughs> My answer is Bruiser Tyrael, 100%. I think Tyrael's new auto attack build is amazing. Judgment is a great way to isolate people and complete your auto attacks on them. Bruiser Tyrael is so good. Why would anyone pick Genji? Uh, Rexar. There you go. I had someone open up a can of hatred on me yesterday for hovering Rexar. Could you please a pick there. a useful hero is what that person asked me. Ah. Uh, Way to never watch the solo lane. Yep. I, dude, I, that, but that's that, that's my rather full opinion on Rexar, though. I do feel like he's pretty useless when it comes to late game extreme team fights. Brings a stun, which is more than I can say for a lot of uh, high that's opinion true. assassins. Very true. Very true. More useful than Genji, if you ask me. Well, yeah, yeah, true. And ideally, you've eked out dragons and other sorts of valuable valuable things along the way that have given us such an extreme that when we win that team fight we can end the game and also can i can i just i would like to put one cherry on top of this cocky sunday okay um, might be a master of none rexar excels at being pretty good at a lot of things at like an average level my rexar wouldn't has have as high of a win rate as it did it would not be as impactful as it is if y'all were pulling your freaking weight well, that's the trouble with the solo lane. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of my thought. Honestly, I think Arthas. I think Arthas gets a bum rap right now. Arthas is a pretty damn good warrior. Can still be an effective tank. With all of the extreme focus on the staleness of the tank meta right now. Give Arthas a second Ooh. look. Can I make a monstrous request? Yeah. What if... Bestial Wrath gave Unstoppable to Misha. Why not? So you could power, do your mini power slide, your charge, and stop a mosh pit. I never thought about it this way, but uh, ten, oh, stopping a mosh pit would be amazing. Tenskly already kind of puts us, puts us in a wonderful perspective. Rexar has a safer power slide. What's wrong with that? Yeah. I mean, it's already safer, but you're right. If you could counter ETC with Misha Charge, that would be... Ooh. Amazing! Would, oh, Chef's kiss! Oh, yeah, the mm. best, beautiful, beautiful, Mwah. Mwah. flavorful, so good, so freaking good. I feel like it doesn't it, need to happen, but it'd be it'd be fun for maybe actually. maybe attach it to a charge talent to where it's just the actual duration of the lunge itself that grants unstoppable. I feel like unstoppable on 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 Beastle Red. That's a long ass unstoppable, man. That's kind of hey. crazy. Okay, maybe like the first four seconds or something. Like I'm just saying, like 26 popularity versus 73 popularity for that Unleash the Boars. Bestial Wrath, I don't want it to have more damage, but it could have a little something, something. Well, something, maybe, something maybe, yeah. What, yeah. If, what if just charge is unstoppable? The rest of it's fine. You know, like Leaping Strike. She's not unstoppable all the time. Just while she's doing stuff. Dude, you're not while saying anything I'm going to disagree with. <laughs> while Misha is a missile, she has unstoppable. Yeah, as we learned about last week. There you go. Give Arthas another give Arthas another look, and give Anubarak another look. Our Anubarak, like it hasn't happened a ton, dude, but a little bit. A little our Anubarak games—they've been incredible. 
He, he went up. He went up about three percent this week. Yeah, he just got buffed. Shield change. Just got buffed. Yeah, give a new Brack another look. Um, yeah, this is Prospero's for me. I like. I like by a slightly less personal pick. You know, if I'm getting away from Rexar, I think a new Brack and Arthas are being slept on a little bit. <laughs> but these are all extremely, extremely personal picks. Do you have any others? That's a like that is such an extreme to me. I think it's so cool. I want to play it. I want to play it. Uh, I don't think it'll work in solo lane, so it's not on the cards right now for my five stacking, but I want to play Tyrael. All right. All right. Uh, we're going to bring this home with Valkymer, who had a lot of questions. We'll just pick one for today. If you had to pick, or if you had the map pool limited like Garrett desires, how frequently do you want it rotated? I think every two months. So every season, basically. Every season. Why not? Now, I, why I, I want map bands. I want them. I want map bands. How would that work? I say I don't like the monkey, a map. Could you imagine what the what a monkey wrench that throws into the matchmaker? Now suddenly it's trying to find people in the same skill level to put against people within the same skill level, and all of you have to have banned the same map. That's 10 no. players that have to have the same band checked. No, because they can go to multiple maps. Like, well, I see what you're saying in that if, if the array of all players and they all ban one map and the map matchmaker goes, oh, geez, I'm going to have to wait till more people log in. I mean, you're right there. You, you do make a good counterpoint that there's more than one map that I could throw you on. Mm. I desire it. I, I you know, much that, like that, I, that, that's a, that's a conversation for the next time we get to talk to a dev. Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna make some brownies tonight. Not because they're good for me. Not because I need them, but I desire them. And I bought powdered. I'm gonna make my own brownies. I bought the cocoa powder. I'm not doing a box thing, Garrett. Like I'm, I'm gonna make my own brownies. A lot of other games don't give as much of a shit about trying to match you with MMR chat room. <laughs> <laughs> I play a lot of Call of Duty. It doesn't give a shit. <laughs> um, Rapid fire. That's my desire. We don't have to question it. We're done. Fine. Um, I think just having quick match, having its map pool be in line with Stormblade would be such a massive improvement to the game overall that I don't need anything more than that. Yeah. I'm curious to know what they're testing about Blackheart's Bay or whatever that means. It's in there. Weird stuff. We'll, we'll fight you chat on that MMR stuff. It works hard. Also, it works other, hard. And, and it's a hard truth. Other games have a lot more players. That is true too. We've had a lot of issues with queue times. Anytime we've messed with matchmaking. So I, I and then you can type no Garrett as much as you want chat room, but you have a short memory. Well, and then Smurfs, we're we're responsible for making it worse too. So yeah. So I, I was watching some fan this week, and everyone in Silver says making space. I don't know where this came from. It's a horrible excuse for dying, but they all type it in Silver. Making space. I made space, guys. Made space. So like you're leaming. Uh, and you somehow are on the back line on their half of the map. And so you run in circles and take a minute to die when you would have already rezzed twice over. 
And you type, I made space. Because, you know, your team was supposed to take Merc camps and, like, win the video game while they were all chasing you or something. You made space. Uh, here's my Garrett Salt of the Week. Uh, one of the games I was playing last night. Uh, my buddy. Uh, someone died. I don't remember who it was. And I wouldn't want to call them out anyway. It wasn't someone I knew, but it was random on the team. I, but I, I, could, I don't remember what hero they were playing. But the, this hero dies alone for some reason. I wasn't even thinking about it. And then uh, up in the thing, it types X heroic is on cooldown. And I just mutter, <laughs> I just mutter to myself, it space. I just mutter to myself. That's a really long witted way of saying worth. <laughs> right. I mean, it's one thing to be like, guys, I just ate three cool, like maybe three. Hero- like, yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. I saw a Vala solo strafe a Lunara and it killed the Lunara. And I'm like, great job, Vala. That's worth. We're not even talking like joke worth. Make a space worth. Like that was worth. If you're not acknowledging that, that hmm, it's worth for the enemy team and not for you. I think is the ultimate statement. Maybe they were trying to be funny. I certainly got a laugh at. Maybe, it, but maybe that's weird. Maybe Silvers are really funny people. That one's weird. By the way, Kalthos still number one band hero. Wild. What's going on? Why? 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 He makes space. Why? Make space, space. <laughs> Got to make space. Got to make space. Make space. 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 Anyways, thanks everybody for the emails. Itncast at gmail.com is where you can send those or just drop them in the patron discord. And speaking of our patrons, thank you so much for your support of this program. Uh, go check out patreon.com slash ITN folks. If you want to support Kyle and myself, uh, we really appreciate it. Got all kinds of perks for you over there. Go check it out at patreon.com slash ITN. And huge thanks to our producers as well. Thank you to Declan H, Cheesy Bob, Chris K, Mike C, and Eric C. If you want to come join us live Thursdays, we go live after 3 p.m. Eastern time. Sometimes we play a game beforehand. We kind of just take it easy. But you can catch us over at twitch.tv slash TV. And if you're looking for the VODs, because y'all have asked me to, to mention this a little bit more, so I'm going to try and be better about it. You can find the full-length, uncut VODs if you want to watch Kyle and I talk with our wonderful, wonderful hair. Your hair's looking good these days, Kyle. You're Oh, you, you make you make uh, quarantine hair look like you're doing it on purpose. Thank you. My yeah. wife cuts my hair. Yeah, but you can go to youtube.com slash amove2, numerical number two. That's where they're going now. Uh, other than that, Kyle, where can folks find you when you're not doing into the Nexus? You can find everything I do over at kyleferguson.com. I really enjoyed making this last week of DM Gives Inspiration. It is suggestions for your level one boss monster. So what you would have at the end of your dungeon in Dungeons and Dragons. So if you're a 5th edition DM, check out DM Gives Inspiration nice. over at kyleferguson.com. Very nice. Uh, uh, everything I do, this show included, it's at amove.tv. We put out a, a two-hour Angry Chicken last night because the update for Battlegrounds is massive, and there was a lot to talk about, so you should go listen to that. Also, uh, you can uh, catch me on a short video series called Remotely, where I talk about working remotely. I've been asked to do this series for the Arrowhead Center over at the New Mexico State University, and you can find it at youtube.com slash Arrowhead Center. I set up a bit.ly for the most recent one because Jocelyn joined me, talked about uh, getting a new office job and immediately having to start working from home because she started it right before COVID hit. So go find that at bit.ly slash remote Joss. That's the most recent one. They're between five to 10 minutes long. Go check it out. Watch me flex my video editing chops, everybody. Ooh. Yeah. It's going to wrap it up for the show. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, good luck in your games this weekend. And uh, until next time, good luck and have fun. Take care. Take care.